welcome to the Evolvepreneur AI Advantage Show. And I'm your host, Richard Ray. My mission is to help entrepreneurs understand AI and use it to their advantage. Join me today where we dig deep with our guest and get you the best concepts and strategies. Today's special guest is Scott Gabdulin. Scott is a marketing expert and entrepreneur who has a proven track record of turning the trickle of prospects into a roaring cascade of business opportunities. His expertise isn't just in understanding the funnel, but in optimizing and expanding it, ensuring businesses not only compete, but thrive. Today, we're talking about AI to help with lead generation. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. It's great to be part of the show. Really great to have you here, Scott. And as I always ask my guests, Scott, where in the world are you? I am in Toronto, Canada right now. Beautiful part of the world. I speak to so many Canadians. I'm going to have to go there at some point. So it's uh, something I have to do. You definitely should. I think it's a great country. Uh, lots to see. Uh, definitely Toronto is not just the only place, but all over the country. Uh, and uh, I think it's some of the friendliest people in the world. <laughs> it's all about the poutine. Right. Let's get into this. Uh, so, Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company and the sort of work that you do. Yeah, so I consider myself to be a multipreneur. I have a number of different companies, but every, every, every single one focused primarily on digital marketing. So that's a core focus of what we offer and what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we offer digital marketing, primarily SEO, content marketing, search marketing uh, for enterprise level, as well as to small to medium sized businesses. The offering changes slightly depending on who we're working with. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's all goes back to just generating revenue for the businesses, no matter the, no matter the size, because in my opinion, that's the most important thing that marketing is supposed to do as a service for the business, uh, seeing that bottom line growing over time. Very interesting. So tell me about how you're using AI to help with this process. Yes. So AI has taken over marketing by storm, I would say this year. Uh, there's been a lot of things going on. And uh, for us as, a, as an agency, one of the, uh, our agencies basically offers content marketing as a service. We definitely saw a, uh, a danger coming up on the horizon a little bit in terms of mm -hmm. a lot of businesses kind of refocusing and reprioritizing their content budgets and actually spending more on generating content in-house, perhaps using AI, whereas human written content has become less of a priority. So we had to learn from that, uh, see if we needed to pivot, but mm -hmm. definitely implementing a lot of the AI practices ourselves in some of the parts of our business. So. Uh, as I mentioned, we have uh, a couple of businesses. So one is Lero, which is primarily focused on small to medium-sized businesses. That's where AI integration is greatest for us. And uh, there, there is really no concern around using AI because all our leads basically get generated through SEO or SEM via the websites that we own. Uh, whereas when we focus on enterprise level businesses, we still stay true to 100% human written content. AI is part of the research process. We use it to dig deeper into the topics. It simplifies things. It makes them, uh, it saves time, but we just do not really trust AI content just yet. Uh, and we can go deeper into reasons why, but uh, that's, uh, that's kind of where we stand right now. So if I'm hearing that right, depending on the speed and the financial value of the client, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, you are using AI for, say, some of the, the lower tier clients, but on the major enterprise accounts, you're still doing that lovingly uh, handcrafted artistry that is, you know, the human being writing something. 
Exactly. So when it comes to enterprise clients, a lot of them are looking for services, right? They're okay mm -hmm. with monthly service, a 12-month retainer, so the budgets are larger. And as a result, when you do something with them, you're working on their website. So where when you work on someone else's website, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. And mm -hmm. taking risk by producing AI content and putting it on, on someone else's site while we're still not sure how Google would respond to it over the long term is just too much of a risk for us to accept. So we know that human-written uh, content works 100%. Uh, we we, we don't do it the same way we've always done in terms of integrating brand voice and the messaging and everything that has to do with the brand into the copy. And risk is just dropped significantly. However, when we work with small businesses, we don't offer them service. We don't do SEO every month for them on their website. What we do instead is we let them buy leads from us. So a small business to medium-sized business, they would come to us and they would say, hey, I want to buy a package of 10 leads. I want to buy a package of 50 leads. Where those leads are coming from, it doesn't matter, right? So no. it's not coming through their website. We don't touch their website. We don't produce content for their site. All the content that we produce is on our own, our own properties, our own landing pages, our own ads, whether it's Google, whether it's Facebook. Uh, so AI is heavily integrated into that because we take risk with our own uh, kind of uh, websites and our own landing pages and nothing is uh, uh, no responsibility whatsoever to the client at the end of the day except just to deliver a phone call and clients love it. Uh, they, they truly, uh, they love getting a phone call and not focusing and kind of too much on, hey, when are you going to deliver me this service? When are you going to deliver me that service? What did you do yesterday? So it simplifies the entire process for us. So through the effort that you put into your own websites, you have a pool of possible leads. A company will come along to you and say, hey, this is the sort of work that I do. Can you give me leads that would link up with that? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yes. Perfect. I mean, I really like that as an approach. It takes away all the headaches. And if you've got those leads sat there ready to go, this has to be a very fast process for the end customer. Oh, it's 48 hours. They come to us as soon as the invoice is paid, it's 48 hours for them to start see phone calls coming through. So uh, everything is already set up on our end. There's a lot of automation. We do use AI as, as well as part of automation, uh, whether it's chatbots and whatnot on our own properties to speed up uh, the process of actually qualifying the leads. Uh, but to the end customer, it's uh, literally just paying the invoice. Two days later, at max, uh, they start to see phone calls or uh, messages getting uh, receiving from us, basically saying, hey, here's the leads. They're looking for you to reach out to them. That's really cool. The concept of actually using chatbots to you know, validate yeah. and qualify those leads, what yes. sort of results are you seeing there? Uh, it's a mixed bag for now. <laughs> so to be honest, the reason why is because... It, it gets quite expensive. So what happens a lot of times is that when you integrate an AI chatbot into the process, they tend to provide very lengthy answers, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to put some restraints and guardrails in order to limit the number of credits that are being spent on actual communication with someone who is a potential lead. They're not even a lead yet. They didn't, you know, they didn't make a phone call. They didn't submit a form just yet. So we're still playing playing around with it. And uh, obviously the, uh, the results are somewhat mixed. And, and the other problem is the data set. Uh, it, uh, if they're trained or if it's just a, something that's based on chat GPT and whatnot, then their data set is just too large. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just too much information. Uh, so we are playing around with the idea of actually building our own chatbots based on our own data sets or our own data. Uh, so produce, you know, PDFs, processes, sales documents, conversations, phone calls, uh, feeding that into the system just so that it's more focused and just this very, very specialized bot in the first place rather than something that's generic. 
you're one of the first and few people that actually said to me using AI, using a chatbot is actually yeah. very expensive or can be expensive. Normally yeah. people try and make out that AI is this magic wand that you can wave and suddenly everything gets done. Was this a surprise to you? Uh, it's It was and it wasn't. Uh, I think that there was a lot of hype around the idea that AI can do just about anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and in a way, it can do a lot, but it's 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 not true artificial intelligence. It's not... Um, it's not it's general just, intelligence just yet. Not, not just yet. It, it, it regurgitates a lot of stuff that it kind of has the information on. So quite a bit of a unique angle is missing there. And they, obviously the fact that you have to pay for the credits, uh, you won't know what it's going to be like until you actually try and test it just because you don't know how your custom, how the users on your website will actually engage with the chatbot, right? What kind of questions will, will they be asking? So uh, there are there, there's a lot of lessons that we're learning along the way. And at some points we're just wondering, maybe perhaps we should just hit a pause on it just because the quality of the leads ends up being similar to what it used to be without a chatbot for now. Uh, but uh, it's an interesting experiment. It's just for us to kind of try around, play around with it. Uh, we are geeks, we're nerds, we like to test things out as they come out and see how it works as long as it's risk fully on ourselves and not on our clients uh, but other than that it's more of an experiment do you see some of the developments that have happened recently say uh, open ai's gpts where you can actually add in additional context additional uh, yeah. data to say hey focus on this area is that yeah. going to help you or are you looking at truly creating something in-house it we'd like to i think create something in-house um Chat GPT and the GPTs that they came out with, they're great. We use chat, I, personally, I use Chat GPT literally every hour of the day, mm -hmm. right? Uh, all the different types of research that we can do, we do with Chat GPT. That being said, GPTs still feel quite generic in that, and it's only been, what, a week, a couple of weeks since they released. Yeah, it's not very long at all, maybe a month tops, and then we had that little bit of fun with the CEO. Yeah, being fired, being hired. Um, I'm not so, sure what the status is at the moment. Hired, fired, where is he? You know, it's. I don't know. He hasn't called me just yet to say that, <laughs> to celebrate the, the being back. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's, I went when we when I played around with the GPTs, it, it still felt like a regular chat GPT, mm -hmm. even though there is schema that you can add into it. That's the next step for us to really test it out. But again. Uh, so far, I think going something that's in-house is a, is a better approach. It's a little bit more controlled uh, and uh, it's more up to date, I would say, because the chat GPT is, I think, up to April this year. Yeah. Uh, so they definitely have caught up quite a bit. But uh, being, you know, being on time, being being uh, real time in terms of the information that the, the bot has is quite important for us. Okay. So earlier in the conversation, you mentioned that you know, over this last year, there's been this deluge of people using uh, AI in the yeah. marketing world and yeah. people bringing the spend inside. Have you run into ex-customers, so we say, or have you seen examples where customers have gone, hey, I can do this all with AI, and then they come back and go, eh, wasn't quite as good as I thought it was going to be? So a lot of clients wanted to try it out. And mm -hmm. as, a, as an agency on record, our recommendation was always, sit it out and wait and see. So a lot of clients focused, uh, took that advice 
and they actually went continued with the service of using human written content for by us. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about, right? Enterprise, large, uh, you know, software as a service companies, e-commerce, where it's really revenue performance driven brands. Uh, so as we're seeing now, what's happening is that, yes, you can produce content at scale with AI. However, it still needs quite a bit of a human touch. So if you're taking the content produced by ChatGPT or by Koala or ZimWriter, whichever other writing tool, what's going to happen is that if you post that as is, there's likely to be a spike in traffic from SEO, but then you inevitably is going to see a drop eventually. Okay, so uh, the the there needs to sorry, be. Sorry, human... I've got to, just got to dive in there. Why do you say yes. inevitably you see a drop? Because every. A lot of the case studies that we've seen so far, and there's been actually one on fire on Twitter just today. Someone posted how they published um, thousands of pages mm-hmm. and they basically drove millions of visits to their site. What's happened is that they saw a huge spike and then it's just dropped from there, right? Um, so we've seen numerous case studies where that happens. Lots of content being published because. Well, you why can't... do you think that's happening? Because, you know, if, they, Google if they've got. It. Google detected it. Yeah. So it's. It, uh, I, w- I don't want to speak for Google and I want to say mm-hmm. that that's exactly no, what happens, but that's what it feels like is that Google is able to detect when that content is actually not, uh, is just AI written, 100% AI written, uh, and they're able to basically take whatever they, they gave to that site in terms of the traffic, take it back and uh, and, and bring, bring uh, throw the hammer on top of it. Unless so maybe that's... they're using a Google AI to actually uh, write that copy. They might be. Yeah, <laughs> I maybe, think that's... Maybe uh, one day. I think I've seen some folks testing out the, the, using uh, Google's one, and I was like, uh, if Google knows they wrote it, I don't know if that's a good idea to use it on your site, even if Google says so. See, this yeah. is very interesting in that we, I think we're both seeing there's almost a Wild West feel to a lot of what's yeah. going on. It's happening so quickly yes. that people are trying things, and we're never quite sure why the results mm-hmm. are happening like they do. Yeah. No, there's no sure way to know why. But um, what I do always recommend is that if you're going to do something like this, test it, right? Test it in some kind of a controlled environment on a property that you don't care about. Probably do not bring it to the clients if you're an agency or if you're a freelancer or an entrepreneur. That's probably not a good idea um, unless there is a lot of heavy editing. So something that happens on my team, I have editors and I have writers, right? And whenever we talk about AI content, my editor she looks at the content and right away, both of us can see when it's AI written, right? So you'll, sometimes you'll get a writer who's trying to take a shortcut. Mm-hmm. So you can just sense the voice, the chat GPT voice in it. You can see it, you can feel it, right? You, you don't need a third party tool to detect it. It just becomes obvious. It's too perfect. It flows. There are certain words that are being used, a certain way of structuring sentences. And so if we can feel it that way, if we can notice it uh, as, as just by scanning through their article, it's probably detectable by, 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 by tools. Now, the difficult part is doing it at scale. And that's the problem that Google is facing is that they can, they can see the content. They can, they can understand what's going on. But when you've got so much of it in the web, that becomes a, a, a problem of just not having enough resources. And this is what I think the shortcuts are work in the short term. And then eventually Google catches up. And then once they're, they, they're able to process all the information, it starts to drop. So, yeah, um, 
I love testing. Uh, my background mm -hmm. is in electrical and computer engineering. I'm all for testing as much as it is possible. Uh, and and but yes, uh, take it with a bit of a with a bit of a caution and make sure that whatever you're doing, you accept the responsibility for it. What's been the most surprising thing about AI for you in a positive sense? How much time it's able to save us in terms of research, right? In terms of processing even spreadsheets. So what we are like, we're very much interested in doing right now is to actually communicate directly with journalists, right? So what journalists look for is they look for interesting stories. Okay. So uh, when they look for interesting story, that means that most of the time it needs to focus quite a bit on data. Otherwise, you know, the story is might be human human angle to it, but data makes it really really stand out. So when we are able to take data, let's say from Google in terms of the searches happening, spikes in searches happening across particular parts of the world or particular topics or products, and then present it to a journalist, the analysis is the hardest part. So if we just throw it to ChatGPT, ask it for quick insights on the on what they're seeing in terms of the data. The insights are fascinating. <laughs> it saves us time and saves us kind of the the need to find someone who is a data analyst or data engineer and have them full time on the team. Uh, and the only thing we have to do is just go and kind of check, make sure that everything is correct, all the conclusions are correct, the numbers are actually being interpreted the way they should be. Uh, but uh, it, that's what we really are excited about when using uh, ChatGPT, is primarily analyzing the data as well as doing research. So, um, you know, we launch our own brands, and sometimes we want to make sure that when we write about something, we want to actually have statistics in the articles. Mm -hmm. So. Chat GPT and AI tools are able to quickly come up with a list of interesting stats about what's going on in terms of research papers. And then we go and dive deeper into those research papers. We go and read the numbers and make sure that we integrate them into our own copy. So it does sound there like as an in-house tool yeah. to assist your team, it can be exactly. fantastic. I mean, we're not just Chat GPT. Obviously, there's a whole variety of AI tools out there. Yeah. But so far as front of house, so far yeah. as going out to the public, it's not quite there. Yeah, not for us. <laughs> not for you. No, this is what I mean. Exactly for you. For yeah. a lot of people, they're going, oh, I can just put yeah. this out and it's all good. Yeah. But it sounds like you actually have seen a difference in quality between what ChatGPT. So yeah. are the public also picking up on these, even subconsciously? You know, they, they may not know why they don't feel right about it, but they just don't feel right about it. I... Um... I think that eventually they will. I think mm -hmm. that you and I kind of exist in this technology world where we pretty much see ChatGPT news and AI news all Absolutely. day long on Twitter and everybody we talk to talks about it. But when I talk to small business owners, they don't even know about AI. They, they think that they heard something about it, but mm -hmm. when I show them what ChatGPT can do, they're like, what is this? Their I've never blown. used it. Yeah. Their minds are blown. And that, I think that's 95, 98% of the population right now. They, they're truly not aware. So when they see something that's being produced by ChatGPT or by any AI tool out there, uh, they, they think it's it's great, right? They think it's good. Um, so for them, it's new and it's exciting. For us, when we spend so much time analyzing it and being exposed to it, uh, it becomes kind of, we, we can we start to see the, the actual holes in it mm -hmm. and be able to take it apart and obviously understand the, the dangers associated with just working with pure AI output and doing something with it, whether it's producing content or whether it's sending out emails to, 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 you know, to journalists and whatnot, uh, outputs like that could be detected if you've seen it enough times.
Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when we moved from albums and CDs to pure yeah. digital music over the internet. The yeah. audio quality wasn't as good, but then a generation came along who just didn't care. Yeah. Is there uh, a danger of that in your world? Uh, there is potentially a danger of that. Um, I think that AI can have dangerous impact in terms of video content, mm -hmm. uh, deep fakes, right? Yeah. Uh, and when something goes viral on TikTok, we don't really know if someone actually said what they said uh, and whether the content we're watching is a true human or not. I mean, the, 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 the number of videos where filters applied to a person and they look completely different. You don't know what you're saying is actually true and honest. Uh, so I think that's where the biggest dangers lie. And if someone is has not been exposed enough to AI and what AI is capable of, they could take it at face value and that can have significant impact. Uh, so yeah, I can see a lot of dangers with it. And uh, but again, uh, our job is to educate our clients. Our job is to make sure that we mm -hmm. protect their interests. So we do that all the time, uh, as much as we can. But at the end of the day, it's their decision. If they decide to do something, uh, it's you know they take responsibility for it. Are there any common mistakes you see any level, enterprise, individual, entrepreneur, making when it comes to AI? Relying too heavily on it and forgetting about your own brand or your own voice, right? So the idea that AI can do anything is quite dangerous uh, and it's very easy to become addicted to it. So it, it becomes a lazy man's way of just getting the work done. And mm -hmm. I think that's a, the greatest danger that I see with a lot of folks these days. Um, and yeah, even for us, anytime we're writing an email, it's like, well, can I just ask Chad APT to write this? <laughs> right. So it, it becomes quite quite addictive and quite dangerous in that way. So do you see there's potential for skills to atrophy? You know, they're actually you know, people will stop using their own abilities, start using whatever AI tool it is. I'm not gonna pick on chat GPT too much, yeah. but then they kind of those skills get rusty. It can be. Uh, it can be a tool for good and it can be a tool for, 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 for bad. Um, but if, I think those who were already taking shortcuts will, will just use a tool for, for, for another shortcut. And those who are hungry for knowledge and hungry to learn and hungry to improve will see AI tools as a way to improve further and become even more efficient. Uh, so I think that has always been the differentiator between people. Is that there are certain folks will take shortcuts and there are certain folks who always try to improve and AI will definitely help the second group. AI will, will make them much more self-reliant. I think the age of self um, solo, solopreneurs mm -hmm. is just around the corner now. With AI, we are able to do jobs of three to five different people. Right. And it doesn't have to be really in-depth, re you know, research papers and whatnot. It's just getting stuff done, quick analysis, being quick on your feet, but then still using your own intelligence, your own decision making, your own making your own conclusions as to what you're getting back from the AI tool itself. So, so it sounds like human nature. It's just going to stay the same. So, you know, if you're somebody who's going to take shortcuts, you'll take shortcuts. If you're going to make the effort, you make the effort. You just happen to be using AI to do both those jobs. 100 percent. Yes. It's very, it's very difficult to shake off of old habits. <laughs> I don't hey, think AI will be able to fix that. <laughs> if you've been doing it for decades, then, you know, yeah. it's very difficult to change these things. Yeah, for sure. So, Scott, if there was one piece of advice you would want people to take away from our conversation today, what would it be? Um, always, always try to figure out 
what is your brand, right? So what is your brand? What is your voice? And what makes you unique? And then when it comes to AI, if you're going to use it, make sure that you integrate that uniqueness into whatever you're uh, putting out out there into the world in terms of uh, your website, your videos, your podcasts, your content, whether it's written or anything else. Uh, because that's what really makes brand, companies, businesses, people stand out, right? We don't gravitate, we don't connect uh, with others purely based on what, you know, the, the generic information that's being provided, but rather that unique angle, that opinion that someone has. And if it doesn't come through very clearly through the, uh, through the content that you're producing, I think you're leaving yourself um, a disadvantage. That is very, very good advice. Scott, where can people find you and what exciting projects do you have on the horizon that they need to know about? So you can find me at scottgabdoin.com. Um, I'm involved with quite a few different businesses. You can read about some of them on the website. And uh, interesting projects that we are working on are actually expanding our portfolio of traditional boring businesses. <laughs> we are looking to partner up with more tree service landscaping companies and companies like that because we see actually a lot of opportunity in those niches in the age of AI. AI is doing a lot of damage in marketing world in my opinion, but you still need a plumber. You still need an electrician. You still need someone to come in and cut that tree down. And I love those niches. I love working with, with people who are running businesses uh, in uh, home services and local local businesses. That makes complete sense. And in Canada, you're not short of trees. No, <laughs> plenty of that for sure. Hey, Scott, thank you for a really insightful conversation. There's some great advice and some great examples in there. So thanks for your time today. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on another awesome guest episode for the Evolpreneur AI Advantage Show. Just before you go, if you'd like this episode, we would be very grateful for a five-star review. Please also consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at AIadvantage.show right now. Until next time, I'm Richard Ray, and if you're an entrepreneur, get the AI Advantage today.